Well, good morning and happy Palm Sunday, Church. Hosanna in the highest. Salvation has come in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're so happy that you joined us for online church today. And before we continue with the word, I want to encourage us uh, to continue just to engage with church um, on the website. If you're streaming on our website, uh, there's a there's a button there that says get connected. We have a saying at our church, if you're not connected, get connected. Uh, there's a tab there for prayer request as well as one for giving. And um, also you can check out our website. So as you get into church, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. We had people uh, from the Ninth Island. We had people from, from Las Vegas jumping in, from Washington State, from Arizona, from California, from Virginia, and crossing time zones. Uh, people are, are hearing the Word of God. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and also continue to um, engage with us on social media. We have a couple pictures here. This is a picture of the Perez family uh, enjoying church together as one. Uh, here's one of our faithful servants, uh, Tammy Thompson in her living room, uh, just enjoying church. Here's one by our youth pastor, Pastor Patrick Machado, uh, going with Instagram uh, story. And here's my brother from another mother, Duke Agninoai, all right, Filipino brother, just enjoying church with his wife. How cool is it going to church at your own home? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. And then we have some people here from uh, Faith Family, uh, we have the Chancos, the Rollins, and the Chuns over here, kind of FaceTiming, watching church together. Here's the last slide. It actually has, look at those notes. Look, look at the copious notes that this person took. So uh, in the website, you could actually, there's a tab on the chat where it says notes, and it would have the sermon notes on there. So what this person did is actually filled it out and took lots of uh, notes just to really get uh, deep into the word. So I would encourage you to do that. And uh, finally, <clears throat> I just want to update you. Thank you for your generosity of keeping our church strong during this season. You know, uh, I talked to two of our college students um, who are struggling with rent because rent was due last week. And guess what? We paid, our church was able to give them two separate students, two months rent plus their utilities and food expenses for two months. And so congratulations. Thank you so much, church, for um, participating and serving our community. So um, let's go ahead and receive our tithes and offering. And I'll go ahead and pray. Don't forget, you could log into newhopecommunity.tv slash give and um, yeah, and um, join in in um, advancing the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, God, that your word says that we did not choose you, but you chose us that we should go and bear fruit. Father, we're grateful that somehow, Lord, through the giving, of our treasure, Lord, we could reflect a God who gives. <clears throat> so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd use these funds, Lord, to continue the advancement of your kingdom, that you would reach people with the good news, that you would give hope, Lord God. Uh, I pray that you'd bless every single person within the sound of my voice. I speak your blessings, your countenance, your favor to be upon them. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and turn to our text uh, in Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to continue in verse 13. And we'll go ahead and read from the ESV version this morning. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, these last two weeks, we learned whom Jesus considered blessed. And those who are blessed are people who live in the upside-down kingdom of God, this counterintuitive kingdom, this kingdom of opposite where everything is right side up and everything is backwards. For example, Matthew 23, 12 says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Jesus says, man, if you want to be first, you have to be last. And if you want to be the greatest, you must be the least. If you want to save your life, you have to lose it. So the kingdom dynamics, the economy of God, the way that God works is opposite of what our culture would say. Uh, Speaking of backwards, in the spring of 1992, I was a sixth grader in elementary and hip-hop really uh, blew up in Los Angeles, where I grew up at. And there was a song called Jump by Criss Cross. And Criss Cross, they had these really baggy pants, so I had to get my pants baggy. But Criss Cross wore their pair pants backwards. And so me and my two friends, we went to elementary. You know, it's like, hey, tomorrow, we got to do it. We got to dress like Criss Cross and wear our pants backwards. And then we made our debut at the school, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, those guys are so cool. Their pants are backwards, Um, you know, where the back pockets were in the front. And it was all cool until we had to go to the restroom where we didn't know how to uh, zip and untie from the back back here. And that that didn't work out too well. But anyways, um, the kingdom of God, even though it seems counterintuitive, If you put yourself last, you will be first. If you want to be um, the greatest, you must be the least. It actually works out very well for you and for me towards the end. See, what Jesus does is he turns his disciples' expectations for what it meant to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Rather than kings and conquerors, Jesus says that we are to be servants and uh, immigrants and citizens and strangers of the kingdom. Rather than having a political agenda, citizens of heaven should pursue a spiritual agenda. Rather than a kingdom established through conquest of rulers, citizens of the kingdom um, establish the character of its servants. Now, remember the eight statements of Jesus? Uh, The eight statements, the first four is the root 
of being in the kingdom of God. It's rooted in repentance. Matthew 4, 17, Jesus preached and taught the kingdom of God that repent for the kingdom of God is here. That it's rooted in right relationship with God. It talked about spiritual poverty, right? Blessed are those who hung, oh, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Grief, there's a root of grief that blessed are those who mourn. Talked about submission, blessed are the meek. Talked about famine, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then last week, from being rooted in right relationship with God, there's the fruit of being in right relationship with each other and the fruit of compassion. Yeah, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. There's purification. Blessed are the pure in heart. When you scrub our hearts, we shall see God when we have a purified life. Uh, reconciliation, that's another fruit of being in right relationship with God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And lastly, identification. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. When we identify as a people of God, we desire to live a godly life. We will be persecuted. So when we answer the call to discipleship, we enter a kingdom that turns human expectations of blessedness upside down, kind of like crisscross, backwards. But this morning, we're going to go through the character of a Christian. So we're going from the uh, character of, of the kingdom. Now we're going to go into influence. And before we get to the main point, I want to reiterate a foundation that I laid a couple weeks ago, which is this parallel running side by side between Exodus and Matthew. Now, in Exodus 1, Pharaoh orders the killing of Hebrew male babies. In Matthew chapter 2, Herod orders the killing of male-born babies. In Exodus 14, Israel goes through the water to cross the Red Sea. Matthew 3, Jesus is submerged in water for his water baptism. Exodus 15, Israel wanders in the wilderness for 40 years. Matthew 4, before Jesus begins his ministry, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And finally, here's the final um, a point of comparison and the parallelism between Exodus and Matthew that God speaks on a mountain, Mount Sinai, to give the law, where Jesus in Matthew 5, he speaks and he goes up into the mountain. All this to say, you guys, is this, that Israel lived in Egypt for 430 years, but it took 40 years for God to get Egypt out of Israel. In other words, what Jesus does is that he proclaims the kingdom. You guys have, you've been healed from your sickness. You've been healed from your disease. You've been healed and you've been set free. You've been set free, now live free. And it talks about what the character and the influence and the ethics of what, what it looks like to live as the people of God. So here's the main point this morning. Would you write this down in your notes? The influence of a Christ follower is lived out in preserving righteousness and doing good to our neighbor. Let me repeat that. The influence of a Christian, a Christ follower, 
is lived out, how? Two ways. Jesus says being salt and light. Being salt and preserving righteousness and doing good, being the light to the world, to your neighbor. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, this illustration kind of gets lost on us because um, we, how many of us like salt? I like salt. We love salt, but we don't really understand um, what an essential commodity that was in Jesus' time. You know, I'm, I know, you know, you're supposed to limit your salt, but we, we don't because salt is so delicious, right? Uh, I have a little life hack for you guys. Are you guys ready? When you go to McDonald's, and you know how you order fries and they give you the soggy fries that's been left out there for, uh, you know, for some time, maybe hours or so? You go to McDonald's and you order fries. Say, hey, could I get fries unsalted? And because it's unsalted, they have to make a whole new batch for you, piping hot. And then when you get your fries, say, oh, can I have some salt, please? Yeah? Now, uh, Salt, it doesn't just flavor, but the primary purpose of salt back then is to be a preservative. You see, before the advent of electrical refrigeration, the primary way, the main way that people preserve meat is through what? Salt. Uh, have you heard the, the term, wow, that's like putting salt in the wound, right? What does salt do? Why would someone put salt in a wound? Because it stings like crazy? But what else does it do? Salt prevents the spread of decay. So salt is actually a thing of a great deal of value in Jesus' day. Now, we don't think of it now, but how many of you have you you know, when you get paid, not hourly, you get paid what? Salary, right? Now, the word salary is from the Latin word salarium. Salarium, uh, it literally means a soldier's pay. And the, the root word of that is sal, meaning salt, okay? Now, um, Tagalog, my native tongue, okay, um, we have this delicious bread called Pan de sal. Pan meaning bread. De of sal, bread. Or salt. It's a bread of salt. Now, in Jesus' time, a salarium, uh, a Roman soldier, they would get paid in salt. Partial of their payment was not only to get salt. If they don't get paid in salt, what they would actually do is they would use that money to buy salt. So if you've ever heard the term, oh man, that person is really worth their salt. What does it mean? They're really worth their pay. So salt was super important in Jesus' time to what? To preserve. To preserve. Now, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. What does Jesus mean by that? I think he means that when Jesus came, he established the kingdom of God, of righteousness, peace, of Holy Spirit, Romans says. He's gone to be at the right hand of the Father. But until Jesus Christ returns, you and I, we are to preserve a sense 
of goodness. Preserve a sense of righteousness, of equity, of common good, of justice, of humility, of meekness here on earth until he comes back. That's your role, that's my role as a follower of Christ is to show people and live out the righteousness of God so that there would be this grace that would lead people to a, our good lives, our good behavior, our good works would lead people to a good God in Jesus Christ. You know what? Be proud of your spiritual heritage as a Christian. Yes, there was... The Crusades, we, there was some bad rep, but did you know that most and mostly all of hospitals, of orphanages, were started by Christians and were started by the church? You know, in ancient Rome, when they didn't want babies, unwanted babies, maybe they had deformities, maybe they were sickly, they would just throw them over the river and uh, get rid of their babies that way. You know, Christians would be the one, they would be in their boats, they would be waiting for the babies to come and rescue them and start orphanages. We're preserving the sense of common good until Jesus comes. A sense of righteousness, that this is the right thing to do. Even in, the, even, even in education. Did you know that um, our Ivy League education, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, all those started as seminaries, meaning there were Bible colleges there were institutions to educate pastors in the Word of God to preach and teach in, in a culture that would reflect the goodness of God and engage in culture. See, the church, we are to preserve the righteousness of God until He comes back. And Jesus says, man, if you lose your saltiness, if you begin to blend in, if you, get, if you begin to compromise and mix in in the with the world and you lose and we lose our identification Jesus says man if you lose your saltiness it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and be trampled under people's feet Romans 12:2 I think Paul's language says it this way do not be what conformed don't lose your saltiness, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. New Hope Community Church, let's preserve the righteousness of God in our community. Thank you for investing and giving that we have these uh, young adults, college students, that now are able to eat and live, have food on the table or uh, a shelter over their head through what? The church being salt and being light, preserving the good. You know, New Community Church, we have a threefold mission statement. One is love Jesus which is the greatest commandment. Secondly, is make disciples, which is the great commission. And thirdly, is serve the community, which is, I believe, our great calling, is to serve our community. I think there's a litmus test of if we're making a difference. And here's the litmus test. If we were to, for example, 
purchase a building and move out of Aina Haina Elementary School. Would the community miss New Hope Community Church? I think they would. I think if we were to move out and move to purchase a building in Kaimoki or Kahala or uh, somewhere else and move out of the campus, I think the students would be like, oh, first day of school, oh, the campus is not beautified. Look, the paveways aren't power washed. The, the, the bushes and the shrubs are overgrown. It's not freshly painted. The parking lights are all dilapidated. Oh, man, New Hope wasn't here. Or we have the PTA movie night. I'm like, oh, New Hope isn't here anymore. So there's no free cotton candy. There's no free shave ice. There's no kakimochi popcorn. What's going on? You know, we have uh, even Halloween where we have trunk or treat, where we preserve the common good, we preserve the righteousness of Jesus, where people have a safe place. I think if we stop doing that, people would miss, uh, families would miss, our keiki would miss having a church that would love on them, free bounce houses, free chili rice, free, you know, um, trick-or-treating, free candy. So church, let us continue to be the common good. And could I just uh, say this as well? Um, could we, if you, if we really are the salt, sometimes there's going to be pushback. You know, John chapter 3 says that this is judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Meaning, we could do our best we could live for jesus we could love people with our whole hearts but we will always encounter opposition the church serving the community new hope has gotten sued <laughs> by people who want to take uh, monetarily gain and abuse the system you could be perfectly sincere in your relationship with god and not your work or in your home you could be completely opposed. People could hate and despise something against you. Why? Because you're, you're being salt. You're preserving a sense of righteousness of God in your home, in your family, in your community, at your work. Secondly, not only are we to be the salt of the earth, but we're also to be light of the world. Let's look to verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, uh, one of the things I love to do, we just did a couple weeks ago, was go f camping in the North Shore with my family. And, uh, you know, when you're out camping with your family and it's just the beach and you're just sitting by under a coconut tree, under a palm tree, and just you're relaxing, you're just completely at peace. And one of the best things is s'mores, right? <laughs> Give me some more. And... Not only s'mores, but 
at night, you can just see the stars when it's completely dark. You can see the beauty of God. But uh, one of the other things about camping is, man, if you have to go to the restroom at the middle of the night, man, if you don't have your cell phone light or any light, man, it, you could get lost real quick. So in the middle of, in the midst of a dark world, perverse world that hates, that, that hates the light, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Light and living in darkness, we, we have a good theology from Genesis 1 to Revelation about just the polar opposite between light and dark. And what I want to say about darkness uh, briefly is this. I don't know if you've heard the term that nothing good happens from midnight till four in the morning or five in the morning, except babies being born. Well, if you, for example, if you, um, if you uh, go to your garden, right, Filipinos, gardening, what's up, uh, and you get a rock, and as soon as you expose the darkness and put light into the darkness, those little critters, what? They run away. Well, Jesus says that, man, uh, you are the light of the world, that we are to let our light shine before others. Let me ask you a question. How will the world see and give glory to God? Is it because our proper theology is it because the way we look? Is it because we wear he is greater than I bumper stickers and we have the t-shirts? No, Jesus says it's by your good works. Let me ask you a question. When you heard about the stimulus package that a family of four or five like mine were eligible to receive $3,900 what was your first thought? Maybe uh, remodel the kitchen. Maybe put some wood floors in the living room. Maybe put a down payment for a new car. But this morning, I, I, I got a text from one of our church members who's a single, who's a single father, single parent, uh, serving in our Navy, serving the Navy here with his daughter, and um, said, hey, Pastor, um, uh, my daughter and I, were okay. And I heard there's some people struggling through this, through this economic crisis that we're going through. When I get my stimulus check, I want to donate it to a, and, and tithe so that the church can give to whoever is in need. And that just kind of blew me away because when there's a, when light, when there's goodness and it re exposes and it reveals, I'm like, oh man, all this time I'm thinking, oh, ooh, what can I do with a stimulus check? Jesus tells us, man, we are the light of the world. We cannot hide it. We don't put it in a lamp. We're to let our light shine before others. Do good to your neighbor. I know we have a neighbor, um, Auntie Carol. 
she was a longtime school elementary school teacher, retired, and um, I, I believe she's in her uh, 80s. And you know, I, I tell my kids every Wednesday, alternating Wednesday, bring take out her rubbish cans, you know, the recycles and and the green, and so that we could serve her every Saturday when the uh, trash man comes, bring out her trash bin and put it back and let's serve her. And you know what's great is that uh, I talked to her last week and um, say, hey, Auntie Carol, how are you doing? And she said, I'm doing good. I was like, hey, do you need anything? You want us to go to the supermarket for you guys? I mean, you want us to get you toilet paper or anything? Precious gold, that commodity, it's like salt. And she, and she said, no, I have plenty. Don't worry. Thank you so much. And then the following day, she came and gave us a big Costco size, like 32 count toilet paper. And how, man, if generosity begets generosity. And as we close, I want to ask you, Christian, Fellow believer, have you lost your saltiness? Have you kind of conformed to the way everything else, to how everyone else thinks, how everybody else, what everybody else believes? Is there any discernible difference? Because this is what it means to live in the kingdom of God, to have this ethics, that we have the influence to change our marriage, change our families, change our neighborhood, change our community, change our city, our state. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. It's time for you to uh, come back home. The lights are on. The door is open. Would you recommit yourself to Jesus today? And for those of you who don't know the Lord, this is the most eternal decision that you can make. Isaiah says that he is the potter and we are the clay. That God has a plan and a purpose for your life, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. Would you give yourself, give your life, give your priorities, give your time, give your ambition? Would you go all in and give your life to Jesus? Would you surrender to the kindness and the grace that is in love and the love that is in Christ? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you uh, this morning. And Lord, thank you that you're the risen King. God, that you did not come in a mighty stallion to overtake and to conquer. Lord, the first time you came, you came in the lowly donkey, meek, humble, as a servant. So, Lord, I pray, God, that as you have served us, Lord, that we would surrender and give our lives to you. Lord, in people's living rooms right now or people washing dishes or listening on the car that they would surrender themselves to you. Father, I pray right now for um, those, Lord God, who are compromising. Lord, um, 
I pray that we will not just be Christians by name or by title, but we would be Christ followers, that we would be disciples of Jesus Christ, that we would be salt and light. And Lord, I pray right now, God, for those uh, who want to receive you. I pray, would you repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Jesus, come into my life. Would you be my Savior? Save me from my sin. Save me from the penalty of sin. But also, God, save me from the power of sin. Give me a new heart. Lord, would you also be my God that I will follow, that I will love, that I will obey. Would you seal me right now with your Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us. I just want to remind you that this Friday, 6 p.m. is our Good Friday service. It will just be an amazingly special time. We're going to have intimate worship, uh, a brief uh, reflection uh, sermonette, but we're going to have this really special time of communion. I know times are tough right now in getting to the supermarket, so whatever you guys may have, crackers, Oreos, cereal uh, with orange juice and milk or whatever you may have at home, this will be a time where you gather together and recognize God's work in your loved ones as we share in communion. And then two days later is Easter. Make sure to join us, 7.30, 9.30. Share the link. Hit that subscribe button at YouTube. Love you guys. Take care.